great, guys. That was really, really good. God bless y'all. I want you to uh, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Timothy. The book of Timothy. And uh, I want to try to preach to you tonight the message that I was going to preach to you on Wednesday night. And, of course, the Lord decided to preach uh, on Wednesday night. And, of course, I'm hoping he'll preach again tonight uh, through, through this preacher. But I want you to look, find your places in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. We've been working our way on Countdown to Courage. We've been working our way through the book of 1 Timothy. And, uh, and was reading through there the other day, just preparing for Countdown to Courage. And the Lord really spoke to my heart about something, and I want to try to share it with you today, if I could. And so, 1 Timothy chapter number 6, in your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter number 6, when you find your place, if you'll stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word, we're going to begin in verse number 8, and we're going to read down through verse number 14. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 8. And the Apostle Paul says here to the younger Timothy, Verse 8, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast a profession or professed a good profession before many witnesses. And of course, verse number 12 and really verses 11 and 12 are our text. But verse number 12, let's read that one together tonight as a congregation. Ready? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You may be seated tonight and just for, uh, uh, just for a few moments, and I'm going to try to move through this rather quickly this evening. But I want to try to talk to you about this subject. What does it mean? to fight the good fight. What, what does it mean to fight the good fight? And I'm going to try to give you what I believe the Bible is teaching us here. Uh, and so uh, anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and, and we'll jump right into the Bible study this evening. Father, what a day, what a banner day it's been. And we want to thank you for the precious spirit of God. Lord, thank you for your presence that has been so real in this place. Uh, Lord, today we thank you and God, we praise you for that. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we thank you for the people of God. And Lord, I pray now that you would knit our hearts together. And Lord, I pray that you'd teach us a great truth this evening. Maybe just one statement, maybe one, just one, one illustration, maybe one point. Uh, but Lord, I pray that that one truth would lodge in our hearts and our minds and I pray, God, that it would make a, a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, you know, I don't want to waste these people's time. Lord, I want, to, I, I, want to be, I want to make sense. And I want to preach with power tonight. And I, I admit and I acknowledge that in me, there's nothing. 
that can really help these folks. But Lord, if somehow, maybe I could just serve as the conduit. And Lord, if you would just flow through me to your people, then I believe we can get some help tonight. And so Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray you'll help us tonight. And we thank you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. We notice here in 1 Timothy chapter number six that the apostle Paul, that old or older, grizzled, veteran, missionary, church planner, preacher, evangelist. We notice that Paul is challenging this younger saint, Timothy, to flee the love and the lure of money. And I believe personally here that that the Apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy to follow after the fruits of the Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit. Look back at, if, at your scripture, if you will, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 11. Uh, he says, but thou, O man of God, now, now be sure you don't fall into this trap of money. He said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things, uh, these temptations, these lures. Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, as soon as I read that, I immediately thought about what Paul said to the church of Galatia. Over in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, you don't have to turn there, but Paul said to the church of Galatia there in verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so at least to me, it sounds like the apostle Paul is giving Timothy a challenge to flee temptation and walk in the spirit. Now notice immediately, immediately after Paul says this, we notice in verse number 12, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Now don't forget those verse numbers and those verse separations have not always been there. They were placed there by man, of course, for clarity and, and to help us find our way around the scripture. But back in this day, the letter would have read like this in verse number 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, and then fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Could it be tonight? And maybe this is just a, maybe it's a little speculation, I'm not sure, but I'm gonna say enough tonight that I believe will be a spiritual help in your life. Could it be that this is what Paul was referring to when he talked about fight the good fight of faith. When Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Could it mean, Timothy, walk in the Spirit and be sure that you are bearing fruits of the Spirit. Stay away from these temptations. Stay away from wealth. Stay away from all these other things and make sure that you walk in the Spirit. Well, we do know this. We know that this good fight provides a good foundation. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 19. He said, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation. In other words, flee these temptations and follow after these things. And then he says, these things are going to bring you a good foundation against the time to come. We also know that this good fight helps the Christian to lay hold on eternal life. Notice again, verse number 12. And Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, 
When the Bible talks about eternal life right there, it's not necessarily in this endeavor, it's not necessarily speaking of salvation. The words eternal life there means the absolute fullness of life. It means vitality. In other words, Timothy, the things that I'm telling you right now, if you'll flee these temptations and if you'll follow after the the fruits of the Spirit, you're going to have vitality of life. You're going to have absolute fullness of life. But you've got to fight the good fight. I believe that's what he's saying. You're going to have to fight the good fight. If you're going to have a life of joy, if you're going to have a life of fullness, if you're going to be one of these kind of people that you just love being around, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Now, by the way, have you ever met, a, have you ever met somebody that claimed to be a child of God and yet they were rude and, uh, and uh, they were uh, an offense and it seemed like they never had anything positive to say and they were always down in the mouth and always critical and always criticizing something. Let me tell you what's going on. Somewhere along the line, they gave up the good fight. If we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, we must fight the good fight. By the way, can I say this? That the good fight seems to be the marching orders of the Christian. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 14, Paul says to Timothy, that thou keep this commandment. What's he talking about? Flee these things and follow after the fruits of the Spirit. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, listen to me. In 2021, our marching orders are to walk in the Spirit of God. That's our marching order. There's no resignation. There's no retiring. There's no taking time off. And I'll say more about that in just a little bit. We cannot afford not to walk in the Spirit of God this year. In fact, in fact, as God blesses and as this ministry continues to grow and to flourish, it becomes even more important so that you and I will hold close to the Holy Spirit, that we let the Spirit of God fill us and control us and lead us and guide us. It's important that we walk in the Spirit. And fight the good fight of faith. Now I want to answer three questions quickly tonight concerning this subject. How about this? Number one, I want to answer this question. First of all, how do I enter the fight? How how do I, uh, Paul said, fight the good fight. Okay, so here's the question. How do I get in? How do I enter the fight? And by that I mean this, how does the child of God walk in the spirit? What exactly is walking in the Spirit and bearing fruits of the Spirit? What exactly does it mean? How do we do that? How do we we walk in the Spirit? Now, don't forget what we said a few weeks ago. And it seems like the Holy Spirit won't leave me alone about this subject. In fact, for the first time ever, yesterday in a marriage workshop, I taught on the fullness of the Spirit in a marriage workshop. And I told those couples, I said, I think uh, your greatest defense is walking in the Spirit of God. The greatest defense for your marriage, the greatest defense for your family is walking in the Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, we preached along this line. Don't forget what it means to walk in the Spirit. It means occupation. Remember that? Occupying your time with spiritual things. It means utilization. Making use of the opportunities that God gives you for service. And what a joy, what a joy to have numerous people come to me today and say, preacher, I want a job. Pastor, I want something to do. Preacher, I want to be busy. I want to be active in the work of the Lord. I want you to tell me what what I can do, how I can be used. 
And so walking in the Spirit means occupation. Walking in the Spirit means utilization. And don't forget, walking in the Spirit means observation, being a yielded admirer of Jesus Christ, yielding yourself to Him. And I want to ask, ask us tonight, have you yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit this week? Well, you say, yes, I have, Pastor. When did you do it? What days did you do it? How often did you do it? Have you been yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit? Every single day. By the way, it's a good day when the child of God realizes who the Holy Spirit is. And every day we ought to be yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God and asking the Spirit to drive us, asking the Spirit to lead us, asking the Spirit to control our words, to control our thoughts, to control our actions, uh, asking the Holy Spirit to, 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 you know, uh, my wife and I yesterday, and I, I shouldn't use personal illustrations, but my wife and I yesterday, we, we came off of a banner day. I mean, it was, it was a great day. And, and, you know, there was just a few things. The devil, the devil was trying to get my spirit yesterday. And it was like the Lord it's like the Lord came to me and convicted me in a big way. And he said, are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? Are you yielding your mind? Are you yielding your, your life to the Spirit of God? And so we walk in the Spirit by occupation, by utilization, by observation. But there's one other. I don't know if you remember this or not. But we said this, that walking in the Spirit means deportation. It means expelling some things out of your life. We're going to have to expel some things out of our life that have no business being there. The halftime show of the Super Bowl really has no business being there. And so we are to be involved in deportation. Now take your Bibles quickly this morning or tonight, if you will, and turn over to the book of Hebrews. You're in Timothy, so you're right there in the neighborhood. And turn over to the book of Hebrews tonight, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to try to, I want to, try to illustrate what I'm talking about when I say deportation. When I'm talking about getting rid of things out of your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one. The Bible says this uh, in verse number one. Hebrews 12, verse one. The Bible says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Look what it says here, church. Let us lay aside every what? Every what? Every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And then he says this, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so the Bible says that we're to be involved in deportation. If we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to fight the good fight, there are some things that we're going to have to put off. There are some things that we're going to have to get rid of. The Bible says that we are running a race. We're running a race. Now, let me see if I can illustrate. Uh, David, can I use you just, just a minute? And Stacy, would you mind if I use you again tonight? And so, fellas, y'all come on up here, if you will. I'm going to put you right here on this side of the platform. Bless you, brother. God bless you. Amen. Appreciate both these guys. Amen. And let's, let's just say, y'all can just stand side by side there. Let's just say that, uh, that we say to uh, Stacy and, and David that they're getting ready to be in a race. They're going to do a 5K or, or whatever, 10K, whatever, whatever you call it. And, and uh, they're going to race. They're gonna, we're going to fire the gun and they're going to they're gonna race up here to uh, the Shell Station or the Amoco, whatever it is now. I don't know what it is now. 7-Eleven, that's what it is. And they're going to race from here to the 7-Eleven. 
Are you ready to race to the 7-Eleven? Absolutely. Okay, good. Amen. Are you ready to go, Stacy? Yes, sir. Pumped up? Yes, sir. Ready to go? Yes. Amen. Amen. Psyched out? Yeah. All right, good deal. So let's just say, for instance, y'all give me just a little bit of grace here tonight. And so I come over here to Brother David, and I say, Brother David, here's your gear right there. There's your gear. A pair of sweat pants and some tennis shoes. If you want to put a T-shirt on, maybe a headband, sweatband, and that's your gear. And Brother David gets ready to put his tennis shoes on and his sweatpants, and, and uh, man, he's taking breaths and getting, getting ready to go, getting limbered up, and he's, he's ready to run this race with Stacy. And I say to Stacy, Stacy, you need, you need some things as well. And so I, I, I run over here, and, uh, and I say, Stacy, you, uh, you need to get ready for the race. And so I... I come over here and I say, hey, Stace, it's a little, little cold outside. You better put this on, all right? Here we go, Stace, put this on. There you go, there you go. That's good. Are you ready for the race? Yes. You ready? Yes. Okay, but that don't look, it snowed this morning. That doesn't look warm enough. So hang on just a minute. I'll tell you what let's do. Uh, hey, let's, uh, let, let's, let, let's get you something else here, Stace, all right? So here you go, buddy, put this on. There you go. Put that on right there. All right, hey, are you ready for the race? Yes. You're ready, okay. Hey, let's get you a few more things here. And uh, hey, I, I, I know what let's do. Uh, here, here's a, hey, here's a hat right here, Stace. Put that on right there. And uh, here's, some, here's some gear that you need. Put that on right there. And uh, hey, listen, you're gonna, need, you're gonna need several supplies. And so I'll tell you what, put this, uh, put this on the other, other arm right there. You go, buddy. And I'll tell you what else. Uh, we, probably need to, we probably need to send a, a, a few walking sticks with you here. And so here you take those and... And uh, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> now, truth of the matter is, he probably is ready. They're both ready. They both entered the race. They're both going to take off for the destination, for the finish line. But there's a, there, there's a problem. And those of you who run the races, you know what I'm talking about. Brother David is going to be very light. He, he doesn't have a lot, lot on him. He's going to have a pair of sweatpants, some tennis shoes, a light T-shirt. He's ready to roll. Brother Stacy, on the other hand, is running the same race. But he's got so much stuff, so much garb. I mean, he's got totes, and he's got supplies, and he's got sticks, and he's got several layers of coat on. And now the, the truth of the matter is, is they both may finish the race, but I'm going to be honest with you. The one that's weighted down is going to have a whole lot harder time. And if nothing else, even if he finishes, he's probably going to finish after this guy. And even if, even if he finishes, by the time he finishes, because he's got so much extra stuff, He's probably going to be winded. It's probably going to make the, the race a lot more difficult than it was supposed to be. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? 
You see, there's a lot of Christians in this world that are running the race. They're really saved. They're born again. There's no question about that. But somewhere along the line, they begin to pick up this and they begin to pick up that and they begin to do this. And the Spirit of God comes along and the Holy Spirit says, listen, if you want to walk in the Spirit, you're going to have to deport some things. You're going to have to, listen, you're going to have to get rid of some things. Man, you, you got to, hey, you, you, you got to get rid of some stuff, man. You, you, can't, you can't be doing all this. Hey, you need, you need to get rid of this just as I am without one plea and uh, hey you need to shed all of this and and listen get rid of these and uh, and uh, hey man just let all that stuff be gone you see where I'm going and I wonder how many here tonight you say pastor I really want to walk in the spirit and I believe that you do but please understand that part of walking in the spirit is getting rid of some things Part of walking in the Spirit is expelling some things out of your life. By the way, it could be things that you've really enjoyed for a long, long time. And, and, here's, and here's the beautiful thing. The Spirit of God has never dealt with your heart about it. Until now. Until now. So here, here's the thing. We're not picking on you. Because we all had to come to that place. And so all of a sudden, you're at that point in your Christian life, and you're thinking, man, this never bothered me before. The Spirit of God never rang my bell about that before, but all of a sudden, it's like he won't leave me alone. And the Holy Spirit says, you know, you really need to get rid of that. You know, you really need to lay that to the side. Hey, can I just encourage you to do this? Whatever he's asking you to do, just do it. Just do it. Thank you, fellas. I pray just throw that stuff in the chair right there, David. That'll be fine. And so we find here how we are to get in the fight. Number two, quickly, number two. Why, and I think this is a great question to answer tonight. Why is there such a spiritual fight? Have you ever, have you ever wondered about that? Why doesn't walking in the Spirit come easy? If it's something that we are supposed to do, if it's part of fighting the good fight, then why is walking in the Spirit, why, does it, why is it so hard? Why, does it, why doesn't it come easy? And this is the reason. Because as long as you and I are walking in the Holy Spirit, did you know the enemy knows we're off limits? You're out of his touch. You're out of his jurisdiction. Now, please take that very, uh, 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 receive that very carefully tonight. But as long as you're walking in the Spirit, you're, you're out of bounds for the devil. I want you to turn over quickly, just a couple of places, and we, we won't have you turn to a lot of places tonight, but I want you to turn over to Job chapter one, Job chapter one tonight, and I believe that the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. And I believe that Job, personally, I believe that Job is a picture of the Christian who walks in the spirit. And notice here, if you will, Job chapter one, Job chapter one, verse number eight. Interesting here. Job 1, verse 8, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewth evil? Look at verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Verse 10, I've got it highlighted. Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? And about all that he hath on every side, thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. And so I believe that Job is a picture of walking in the spirit of God. And as long as you're walking in the Holy Spirit, listen, it's gonna make a lot harder for the enemy to take you out, to take you down. 
But here's the thing. Here's the clincher. Here's the clincher. If the enemy can convince you somehow to take a vacation from spiritfulness, guess what happens? You become an open target. Now, I want you to turn to one other place for me, if you would, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter number 11. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 21. Hey, we're, we're, we're going to be done here in just a moment, so hang in there with me. Luke chapter 11, verse number 21. Wow, what a verse. Luke 11, verse 21. The Bible says, when a strong man, what's the next word? Armed. armed. Well, that's, that's important. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in what? They're in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. Let me tell you what I get from that verse right there, Calvary. Don't let your guard down. In 2021, don't let your guard down. Make sure that you fight the good fight of walking in the Spirit. Listen, this is the truth. If we hesitate for just a little while, listen, if we hesitate for just a little while, it gives Satan the upper hand. If he understands that we're not walking in the Spirit, man, we are wide open. And how many know this, that he'll, he'll come just in that time when you're vacating from walking in the Spirit. Oh, by the way, it only takes a little bit of time. Just a little space. So the story goes, it was during the American Revolution and it was Colonel Johann Rawl. He was the commander of the British troops in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. And, and one day he was with some of his cohorts and they were playing cards. And as they were playing cards, a courier came and brought a very important message for the colonel. And they said that, that, uh, that the Colonel, Colonel Raw, that he took, the, he took the note, not wanting to be bothered, not wanting to stop playing cards. He took the note, slipped it in his pocket, never read it. He just slipped it in his pocket and just kept right on playing cards. He did not want to be interrupted. And so he played cards for a while and then he thought, oh yeah, that's right. That courier brought that note in. He pulled that note out of his pocket and it said this, that General George Washington is crossing the Delaware as we speak. Well, he immediately went, you know, went into emergency mode and he began to rally the troops. But they tell us this, that by the time he was able to do that, that he lost his life and many of his men lost their lives in that battle and others were put in, uh, in, in, in prison camps. You know why? He just, just a little space of time. Just, just, he just hesitated a little space of time. Hey, Calvary, listen. That's all I'm saying tonight. We, we can't take a vacation from the Spirit of God for even a half a second. In 2021, by the way, in 2021, don't get to the place where you feel like you're super spiritual. And I, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't need it. I don't need church like I used to. I don't need preaching like you used to. I don't need the Bible like you used to. No, you need it more than you used to. Amen. Just a little, just a little time. And it gives the enemy the opportunity to come in. Wow. Boy, do you love history? I love history. 
I was reading this week. It was June the 6th, 1944. Some of you know that name. It was a battle that went down in history called D-Day, the D-Day invasion. Uh, when the Allied troops invaded Normandy's beach and Germany had what they called their Atlantic Wall defense. They thought they were pretty much invincible. And that stormy day, that stormy morning, early in the morning, historians tell us that as you begin to see over the horizon of the ocean, I can't, and I, this boggles my mind, but they said as you begin to see over the horizon of the ocean, 7,000 ships began to become visible. Can you imagine seeing 7,000 ships? It was early in the morning, and the buzz began to spread around Germany and some of the, the, the high upper uh, 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 you know, echelon of the, of the uh, military began to hear the buzz and some of the reports. About 2 o'clock in the morning, they began to hear that there was something very significant going on on Normandy's coast. Listen to this. But nobody wanted to wake up the Fuhrer. Adolf Hitler had stayed up the night before with some of his generals and they had discussed history and, uh, and different military heroes until about two o'clock in the morning and finally Hitler went to bed and they said that the next day that Adolf Hitler slept until almost noon and nobody had the courage to go in and wake him up. Wait a minute now. They finally woke the Fuhrer about noon, but guess what? It was too late. The damage was done. The Allied forces had come ashore and they began to take that as a stronghold. And, uh, and, and, and you say, Pastor, what is your point? My point is this, that you and I can't wait to walk in the Spirit of God and we can't wander away from walking in the Spirit of God and you can't take a sabbatical and you can't take a vacation and you can't say, well, we're gonna take a week off from, from doing Christian things and walking in the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't afford to take a second off we got to constantly, constantly be yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to control us and lead us and guide us and teach us and help us and instruct us and strengthen us. And so how do I enter the fight? Why is there such a spiritual fight? But last of all tonight, we're done. Number three is this, what kind of fight is a good fight? You ever think about that? A good fight. Fight the good fight. What are, the, what are the Holy Spirit's reasons for referring to this as a good fight? Well, the phrase good fight means valuable, and it is a valuable fight to be filled with the Spirit of God. It means virtuous, and it is a virtuous fight because not everybody's gonna make that choice. And so if you're one of the, if you're one of the Christians in this room tonight that say, Pastor, you're right, the Lord is right. I want to be filled with the Spirit this year. I want to walk in the Spirit of God. Hey, that's wonderful. That's virtuous because not everybody's going to make that, make that decision. But I love this. The phrase good fight also means better. Better. You can say it like this, fight the better fight of faith. Did you know tonight that life is a fight regardless of how you live? It doesn't matter whether you're saved. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to get saved because I don't want to be in a fight. 
You're going to be in a fight either way. If you're saved, there's going to be a fight. If you're lost, there's going to be a fight. If you're spiritual, there's going to be a fight. And if you're backslid, there's going to be a fight. The reality is that life comes with battles. It comes with sickness. It comes with struggles. It comes with heartaches. It comes with heartbreaks. It comes with letdowns. It comes with deaths and partings and breakdowns and disappointments. I mean, that's just life. Man, it's a few days and full of trouble. And so if that is the case, if we're going to fight a fight either way, then this is what the Bible is teaching us. Then we would be better to fight the good fight while walking in the Holy Spirit. And then when the problems come, at least you have the comfort and the leadership of the Spirit of God to help get you through it. Not all preachers do, but I just love illustrations. It helps me to understand. I was reading a story the other day about Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria had had some setbacks in her life and some disappointments and and heartbreaks in her life. And she learned that there was a commoner, a common lady uh, in in the the, the kingdom there that was pregnant. And and, uh, late in the pregnancy, she lost the child. And so the queen felt compassion for this lady and called upon her. And the queen went and actually spent time with this commoner, with this lady. And after the, la- after the queen left, the neighbors came and the, and the neighbors said this. They said, what did she say? What did the queen say? What, what did she say? And the lady said this. She said nothing. She simply put her hands on mine and we wept together. And I thought, you know what? That's what the Holy Spirit does. A lot of times when the battles come, man, the battles are raging. and It's not necessarily that the Spirit of God may or may not say something to you, but aren't you glad that that paraclete, aren't you glad that the Spirit of God runs to our side and during those down times and during those distressing times and, and during those times of despair, boy, aren't you glad that it is the Holy Spirit that offers us comfort and encourages us during those times? The story goes that there was a terrible storm, terrible storm. And the ship was being tossed toward a very rocky reef. The ship was going back and forth. I mean, it really felt like it was going to sink. The waves were horrific and, and the people were, of course, all down underneath. All the hatches were locked so the ship wouldn't take on water. And they could feel the, the, and they could hear, you know, the, the creaks of the metal. They could hear the waves hitting the side of the ship and and they knew they were headed toward the rocks. And of course, they were, they were terrified. And the story goes that one man finally opened up one of the hatches and went out into the storm. The wind was fierce and the waves were coming up on the top of the ship and very easily he could have been washed off. But he came out of the hatch and he closed the hatch behind him and very Carefully, he made his way to the pilot house where the captain was. They called him the steerman. 
he made his way to the pilot's house and he walked into the door and there the, the steerman of the ship, the captain of the ship was holding on to the, to the wheel and, and, and little by little he was doing his best to turn that ship back out to sea and get it away from the rocks. And they said all of a sudden the pilot looked down at the passenger and he smiled. The pastor turned and he began to make that treacherous journey back down to the hatch from where he came. He opened the hatch. He went down to the bottom of the ship and he told the pastors, good news. I've seen the pilot. And he smiled. Everything's gonna be okay. And boy, I'm so glad to tell us tonight that if you'll walk in the Holy Spirit, if you'll walk in the Spirit of God, even during the battles, even during the distressing times, even during the valleys, even during the storms, I'm so glad that it is the Holy Spirit of God that comes up alongside of us and says, uh, never fear, I've seen the face of the Heavenly Father and He smiled, everything is gonna be okay. And by the way, that's a good way to leave it off tonight. Calvary Baptist Church, can I just remind you, I've seen the face of the pilot and He smiled, everything is gonna be all right. And you just keep on going, keep on going. You say, Pastor, how can I get through it? Walk in the Spirit. Fight the good fight of faith. Be sure you stay away from the lures and the temptations and walk in the Holy Spirit. Yielding yourself to the Spirit of God. Asking God's Holy Ghost to guide you and lead you, encourage you. And by the way, He will, He will. Have you ever, we're done, you can close your Bibles. Have you ever done this? Have you ever seen someone who was going through, they were literally, and you knew it, they were going through the storm of the century. And yet they had amazing peace. And you thought, man, what in the world? How can they live like that? You know what that is? That's fighting the good fight. That's walking the Holy Spirit. That's laying hold of eternal life where you've got that vitality. You've got that joy, even in the midst of a storm. But the only way that'll come is through walking in the Holy Spirit. Hey, let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this great time that we've had together tonight. Lord, what a great day it's been. We thank you for touching us. God, thank you for breathing on us today. We have felt your spirit. God, there's not even a shadow of a doubt that your presence has been so real today. Father, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for not leaving us comfortless. Thank you for giving us the comforter. God, I pray in 2021, oh God, I pray that you'd give this church a pastor that walks in the Spirit and a pastor's wife that walks in the Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would fill this church with Christian people who will say in 2021, by the grace of God, I intend to walk in the Spirit.
I intend to fight the good fight of faith. I intend to lay hold on eternal life. God, may there be something different about this place, about this people. Lord, when people walk in the door, I pray they'll know that there's something different here. Father, have thy way in the invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we sure thank you and love you. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Real quickly, so I know how to pray. I wonder how many may be here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to, uh, I, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm born again. If you can honestly say that between you and the Lord, would you just slip your hand up tonight? Pastor, I know that I am saved. Isn't that a blessing to be able to put that hand up there like that? Wow. Can I ask you this, though? You can lower your hands. Can I ask you this? I wonder if there might be one here tonight, maybe one watching by way of the live stream, and you say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven, and I want you to pray for me. Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be in heaven. Please pray for me. Right now, you slip your hand up. And you just let me remember you in prayer. Is there one anywhere? All right. I see that hand. Anybody else tonight? You'd slip your hand up right now. Pastor, remember me. Remember me. I'm not sure about heaven. Pray for me. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to raise your hand on this next question. But I want to ask a question. I wonder how many are here tonight and you would be able to say, Pastor, I am walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. Now don't raise your hand. But I wonder if you could raise your hand. Are you walking in the Spirit? Listen, is there something that you need to expel? Is there a weight or a sin that you need to take off? Is there something that the Spirit of God has began dealing with your heart about? Then this is what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. I'm going to ask you to make a move. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to do business with the Lord tonight. Tonight's a good night to do that. Amen. Amen. I want us to stand all over the house tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray you work. I believe you are working. Oh, Lord, we can't take a vacation from spirit fullness. God, I pray tonight that you would give us a spirit-filled body of believers at Calvary Baptist Church. Master, help us to realize, oh my, help us to realize we are no match for Satan. God, we must walk in the Spirit. I pray you'll have your way in this invitation. Maybe folks will come tonight and find a place around this altar and, and say, Spirit of God, would you fill me? Would you feel me? Oh, would you feel me? Would you feel me tonight? Lord, would you feel me? Spirit of God, would you direct me? Maybe someone needs to come tonight and get on this altar and say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me your word this year, 2021? Would you help me to be a prayer warrior? Holy Ghost, would you help me to be a better wife, a better husband? Spirit of God, would you, would you help me to be a better parent? to turn out some kids that have a heart for God. Lord, I pray that you'll work tonight, and we thank you in Jesus' name.